Welcome, everybody, to, of course, your all-time favorite podcast in the world and arguably the most useful show on planet Earth. Guys, my name is Jake Savage, and I'm so grateful to have you here. If this is your first time, a little bit about me. If you don't know, first off, you can learn more about me in the bio of whatever platform that you're listening to this on. But a quick snapshot, the snapshot I always say at the beginning of each episode is that I'm a former door-to-door salesman. So I knocked on just about 100,000 doors over the course of many years. And then I helped launch a sales startup with some other people. My job there was building and training a team of salespeople around the nation. I was the president there. For the last three years, we hit some fun milestones together, like Inc.'s list of the 500 fastest growing companies in the nation. And then in 2021, I made a jump. I had been wanting for a long time to launch my own consulting business. So now that's what I've been doing since January. I leverage all of this 15 years of corporate sales experience, and I help nonprofit fundraising teams win win bigger donations, particularly anti-trafficking nonprofits, even more particularly anti-sex trafficking nonprofits, just something I've been passionate about for quite some time. If you listen to the show, you'll learn more about that. But anyways, that's that's who I am. That's what I do or part of who I am. It's what I do work-wise. And then of course, through the show, we teach the masses how to get more of the things that you want in life, how to be a more effective communicator, be more persuasive, get more deals, dates, donations, negotiate, influence people to take action, feel more confident in your everyday conversations, long list. I mean, this is one of the most important skills that anybody can have in life. So boom, welcome. There you go. And we're in the top 5% of at least all podcasts that use the hosting platform I use, which is the majority of podcasts that exist, period. So thank you listeners for helping us achieve that milestone. Pretty cool. All right. Let's go ahead and dive into today. So it's Thursday, which means I've put something together. So on Thursday, I have put together either a topic or I've put together a topic, but it might be from my personal experience in sales, or maybe it's something fun from psychology or neuroscience, or I've interviewed somebody impressive and we learn from them how they influence others to take action. That's Thursday. Then Wednesday, we had audience members requesting to learn a little bit more about me, my life, what I'm up to. So either my wife or my brother will join. We will try different whiskeys. It's called Whiskey Wednesday. We'll chat about stories from the past, or we'll chat about what I'm doing outside of work, which is uh, a lot of endurance training for Ironmans. And I, like today, did a nice, fun, very long ride to kick the day off. And so we'll dive into that and what that's about. Anyway, so that, that's Wednesday. And then for diehard listeners or supporters or people that have questions, I also have an episode, a weekly episode on Patreon. So if you're unfamiliar with that, Patreon is one of those paid platforms for creators so that you can support creators so they can keep doing their thing because a lot of time, energy, and money goes into making all these great shows. So Every week, I have a show on Patreon. You just go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Persuasion School. I always have the link in the show notes. And that's where I have the weekly Q&A episode. So if you have a question about anything that you've you've heard or about 
or you'd like to know about something that pertains more to your specific field or whatever the case may be, that's where you can fire it over. You can subscribe. It's only four bucks a month. You subscribe, you can message me, or you can just message me through Instagram and I will answer the question with an episode on Patreon. So that's the framework of the show. All right. So for today, I've put something together and I've already been thinking about this during the intro. I'm going to I'm going to have to speak a little bit slower today than normal because we're talking about the use, excessive use, or even just general use of filler words. And I tend to, I, I have been intentional about this for many years as I've had to uh, have more encounters with, how was a filler word? I said, uh, have more encounters with public speaking in, especially my previous role the last seven years at uh, at that sales company. And so it was something that I noticed about myself and I was always trying to work on. I still do it. And I think the reason that I do it nowadays, a couple different reasons. One, my natural tendency is to speak fast, especially I'll, I'll get excited about something and I will just go off. And when I speak fast, my I'm probably speaking faster than my brain is uh, coming up, just did it, coming up with new words. So I inevitably run into filler words. So that's one. The next reason is probably focus. And I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But if I'm like trying to read my notes while also present on something, that can be distracting and that will lead me at least to use filler words. But there are plenty of reasons that we use filler words. And this is important. I'll talk about why it's important if we want to be more persuasive. I've got two different studies, psychological studies that have been done on filler words. So it'll be exciting. But I wanted to kick off just with a little story. This this popped onto my radar a few years ago now. So I had a coworker, a legend at the sales company, a guy named Jordan Trent, everybody's favorite team member. Jordan Trent. And so it was Jordan's turn to lead one of our company calls. That's how we did it. We had all the leaders rotate, at least back in the day, gave everybody a chance to present on something that they were passionate about and teach us all. So Jordan, it's Jordan's turn. And he brings this game to the entire crew and asks for volunteers. Well, we've got a large team. You know, at the time, maybe it was 30 to 50. I'm not, I'm not at that time, maybe closer to 30. So still 30 people on the line. It can be a little bit nerve wracking to speak or participate in some activity in front of other people, especially if it's going to make you look dumb. So there were only a few people that volunteered for this game. And so what the game was, was his volunteer would choose any topic that they wanted and speak on it for 60 seconds. And while they spoke, it had to be off the cuff. And I mean, obviously it was because we didn't know that this was coming down the pipeline, but it had to be off the cuff about any topic that you wanted. And while you were doing that, Jordan would count up your number of filler words. All right. So we're, we're a a sales team, sales minded team. And we've got a handful of people on that team that consider them sales pros. Not everybody, considered themselves sales pros. Some were just salespeople, but of course the sales pros volunteered to go, right? Like they, they wanted to give this a shot. So the people that were pros stepped up to the plate again, in front of the whole company at this time, spoke for 60 seconds on the topic they wanted. Nobody at the end, I believe there were four or five people that went, nobody made it the entire way through without some use of 
filler words. So that just goes to show, even though we thought we were pros, we, I mean, it helped us to realize that most of us tend to use way more filler words than we think that we do. All right. So filler words, when it, when it comes down to it, it might not kill your presentation. It might not ruin your message that you're giving, whether it's in sales or fundraising, or you're trying to ask somebody on a date, or you're just trying to present your case in whatever the scenario is. It might not ruin the message, but it certainly won't help. It does affect you. All right. So here's the first psychological study that I mentioned. So some scholars have narrowed down, this is a quote, scholars have narrowed down the causes of filler words into three categories, divided attention, infrequent words, and nervousness. And this is Duval et al. from a study in 2014. All right. So we've got divided attention, infrequent words, and nervousness. Let's talk, let's go through each one, uh, one at a time. So we've got divided attention, really just focus, where we might be multitasking. I'm doing this now because I have notes prepared for every single podcast episode. And I try to lean on the notes as little as possible, but I'm already doing this. So multitasking, or you might be thinking about something else. Maybe you're trying to remember a great point that you had and you wanted to bring it up. And so you're actually, you're speaking, you're giving your message and you're giving your presentation and an audience or, or one person at least is listening, but you might not be fully present because your brain is elsewhere, right? You're, you're focused on maybe some notes. Maybe it's that thing that you're trying to remember. Maybe it's something that you have to do later that day. Maybe it's something that happened earlier that day. You're just not fully present and that's going to lead to more filler words. So that's one. The second was the use of infrequent words. So what they mean by this is just words we wouldn't normally use. And what this does is this erodes a little bit at your authenticity. And if you've listened to this show for a while, you've heard me say multiple times that the most important pillar of persuasion or rhetoric is ethos, the character or credibility of the speaker. And so if something that you're doing is eroding at your credibility, then that's that's dangerous. And that's one of the worst things that we can do when it comes to giving a message or trying to persuade somebody else. So using infrequent words or words we wouldn't normally use because we're not familiar with them, or maybe maybe our, our brain can't register those words quick enough because they're not really in our typical vernacular. So you end up with the filler word until your brain can think of the word. Okay, so a little bit of... Uh, filler word, authenticity issue there. And you know, I've got to be honest with you guys. I have been running into this. I, I absolutely aim and strive to be as authentic as possible in every circumstance. So I'm not struggling with that, but what I am struggling with, I I mentioned this on a few episodes ago when, when, when my wife Alexa was on and I was talking about how one of my goals for 2021 was to broaden my vernacular I, I've done this through reading many books over the years, but it, it's still something I want to get better at, especially somebody that values speaking and persuasive communication. I would like to have a more broad vernacular. And so because I'm trying to work on bringing new words into my everyday speech, I do find myself pausing Sometimes for way too long. Well, I try to well, I try to think about that word or search for that word or the right word instead of just using the word that comes more naturally to me. So personally, I need to work on that. Just using the words that come naturally to me. It may not be 
the best choice. It may not be the word that I hoped for, but it will at least get the message across, which is most important. All right, so we've got divided attention or focus, and then we've got infrequent word use or inauthenticity. The last one that scholars said leads to the filler words is nervousness. All right, so this is pretty standard for a lot of us. Under most circumstances, we're probably going to be nervous, especially if it's something that you don't do often, like approaching somebody and asking them out on a date. But the nervousness can also imply a lack of confidence. And that's not the end of the world. It depends on the circumstances, of course, but you can absolutely build that confidence through a little bit more preparation, actually feeling as though you're well-versed on the topic that you're you're speaking of, and that maybe even you're an expert on it. And, and having that preparation is going to lend you that confidence that you need to not feel so nervous, but you might feel nervous for other reasons. And one of the key ones that they referenced was constantly wondering while you're speaking how you're being perceived by the audience. That kills you. And I know because it's killed me many times when leading all company calls, when there are 50 plus people, it does, it does eat away at me, you know, wondering what people are thinking while I'm talking. I haven't fully gotten over that, definitely working on it. But it was something that was much more prevalent when I first began leading a lot of these giant team meetings or conference calls. I would think about that. And it wasn't until I had to get over myself after a few years that I started to, to I guess, just get over it. And it felt a little bit easier. But we're not fully over it. And I'm not sure if anybody ever really fully does. They might under most circumstances if they're if they're good with public speaking, but they're probably still one or two instances where maybe they're out of their element and they might be wondering what the audience is thinking about them. So at one point or another, we're probably going to be thinking about this, but it's in our benefit to stop and to not really worry about it because also it's outside of our control. We're, we're, we're spending time wondering how we're being perceived, but we can't even control how we're being perceived. So we're tripping ourselves up over something that's outside of our control and really that we can't do anything about. So anyways, those are the three key reasons that we use filler words on a regular basis. So to recap here, one last time, we've got divided attention or lack of focus, use of infrequent words or lack of authenticity, and then nervousness or lack of confidence. All right, so if you're somebody who uses a ton of filler words, I still have some good news for you, but I also have some not so good news. And this comes from a more recent study in psychology. So a group of listeners was interviewed to understand how they perceived someone who uses too many filler words. All right, so here's the good news. The excessive filler words didn't affect the perception of a speaker's intelligence because the overall message was viewed as more important. Okay, good to know. The not-so-good news, the excessive filler words did negatively impact the perception of preparedness and forethought. So, how people will perceive you, according to this study, is not less intelligent, if that's something that you're worried about. As long as you're still getting your message across, you're winning. You could be doing it with extreme passion and enthusiasm and excitement and still be able to convey that message even with a bunch of filler words. That's that's going to land. It's going to make it. You won't be viewed as less intelligent. But people will think that you weren't prepared 
And that's going to hurt you a little bit, that lack of, or the perceived lack of preparedness or lack of forethought. Because that may, that may convey a slight disrespect for the audience that you weren't willing to put at least a little bit of time into preparing for the topic or whatever it was. All right, so there you go. How do we get over this, though? That's kind of the real thing, right? The first thing that you can do in terms of trying to navigate to the other side into no filler word land is you've got to record yourself because you have to find out which filler words you tend to lean on the most. So the best way to do this is to record yourself, kind of like that game I was talking about in the very beginning, record yourself talking about any topic that you'd like for one to two minutes. Try to do this off the cuff. You're going to be thinking about it, sure, but if you can still speak for maybe one to two minutes, there's a good chance that you will run into a few filler words here and there. You might not even recognize it in the moment, but you'll catch it afterwards when you listen to the recording. So not only will you be able to count up how many filler words you use during that time, you might identify a theme or a trend. That's one great thing about having a podcast is I identified a a trend myself with the word and. If you guys have picked up on that, then forgive me. I'm sorry. But I can easily tell when listening back to previous podcast episodes that I was trying to avoid using filler words and I just filled that space with the word and, which leads me to have a ton of run on sentences. Whatever, I'm working on it. I'm improving. That's that's the whole point here, right? We just just improve little by little every single day. But anyways, the point was that I found a theme by listening to myself, even somebody who's been focusing on becoming an expert in this this area for well over a decade. It's tough to master. That doesn't mean there's not hope for you if you're new to this, but it will take time to improve and to get better. But recording yourself is always going to be the first step. All right, so after you do that, you will have a newfound awareness of the fact that you use these filler words, but also hopefully a newfound awareness of whatever filler words you tend to lean on the most. And even that awareness or consciousness of that filler word will help you to avoid it when giving a message next time. So figure out what exactly it is, and then that awareness will lead you subconsciously to avoid using that word during your messages moving forward. So that's the first two things. The third thing is to spend a little bit more time on preparation. Not really rocket science here, but for there, I'm willing to bet there are some of us that depending on our line of work, maybe it's if it's a sales oriented job like sales or fundraising or recruiting or something similar, you might find yourself in a rhythm where you've been doing it for so long that you don't feel the need to prepare anymore. Well, I would just challenge you to rethink that. Try to spend some time, maybe run a little test for yourself just, just to see if you've been not preparing before some of those visits because you've been doing it for so long. Compare your results from the last, let's say, 60 to 90 days to the next 60 to 90 days of you actually sitting down and preparing just a little bit before whatever visit or meeting that you have. I would be curious to hear the results. DM me on Instagram. I truly want to know. But the preparation is going to help. And so that that's work-wise, but, or maybe something that you do on a regular basis. But on a not regular basis, like approaching your job, to, approaching your job, approaching your boss, See, this is what happens when I'm speaking too fast. Approaching your boss to ask for a raise, or maybe it is asking that person out on a date, or maybe it's approaching your team members 
at work to try to influence them to go with your idea or your strategy, something you don't do often, the preparation will have a tremendous impact on the outcome. We know that, again, not rocket science. All right, so record yourself, and then the awareness will start to help you moving forward. Spend more time on preparation. Two last ones. Fourth is speak slower. Just speak a little bit slower. You know, it's this, this is something that has been a bit of a journey for me through sales. I have tested out, I like testing things. I've tested out all different types of speech cadence to see what I feel comfortable with, what I feel is most effective. They're all variants of myself. I'm not trying to speak like somebody else, but you know, when I get excited, I speak uh, faster. And if I'm in a more chill mood, maybe I'm going to speak slower. And so I'll, I'll, I'll test those out depending on whatever mood I'm in. Okay. What happens if I, if I speak a little bit more slowly, even though I'm excited, how will that help me come across? And what if I'm not really in an energetic mood? What, what if I speak a little bit faster just to try to put a little bit more pep in my steps, so to speak? Like I've tested these out to see what works and speaking slower pretty much always works in the end. It feels weird though, because to you, you feel like you're speaking so slowly, especially if there are gaps in between some of your words or it's a little bit too long of a, of a pause after a period before you start the next sentence. It feels slow to us, but to most listeners, it feels or it sounds completely natural. So we just have to be the ones to kind of get over it. Feels slow to us, but sounds normal to the listeners. So it's worth it to speak a little bit slower. <laughs> I said that quickly. And use ultimately less filler words. All right, then the last thing, of course, is doing what I said in the very beginning, which is just grab a buddy and play this game. Your partner, friend, coworker, kid, doesn't matter. Anybody that can count up your number of filler words while you talk for 60 seconds or two minutes on whatever topic you want to talk about. Just practice, practice, practice. All right. Hope that was helpful for you guys. If you're looking for more content on persuasive communication, catch me on Instagram. I do drop stuff there that I'm learning as well. Or maybe it's uh, different quotes or pictures, videos, whatever. It's at It's Jake Savage. So that's where you can find me. That's where you can DM me with questions. Instagram. Again, if you want to support the show or you just want to ask questions and you want those questions answered on the show, go to patreon.com slash persuasion school. That's where you can do that. All right. Last couple of things here. One, ratings and reviews. Obviously, every podcast host is asking about this. It makes us feel good when we see a new review. Yes. Yes, it's true. I do want those for my own ego. But let me tell you why it's helpful for you. The podcast algorithm gods, they don't care what the review says. More reviews leads to more visibility. Why is this important? So if you're somebody that stumbled across the show, you typed in the search bar, how to negotiate a raise, how to be more persuasive, how to influence people to take action, whatever it was. And let's say you got value from the show. You've tried something, you've used it, and it was successful. Well, why not help somebody else get the same thing? You can help somebody else find this show so that they can get the raise or they can get what they want when you write a review or rate the show. 
You don't even have to, to write a little, little novel or paragraph. Even it can be one sentence. The algorithm doesn't care. I'd appreciate it if it was something nice. Shoot. But um, doesn't really matter. So ratings and reviews go a long way. That's one thing. The next thing and the last thing is human trafficking. I bring this up on just about every podcast episode. My wife, Alexa, and I are passionate about trying to fight human trafficking and sex trafficking. And if you're somebody that's been wanting to get involved, but you just didn't know how, you know, there are a million organizations out there that you could donate to. You weren't sure if you should volunteer your time or just what, right? You don't, we don't want you to have paralysis by analysis, meaning there are so many options that you never ended up taking a step. So what you can do is go to persuasionschoolpodcast.com. That is our website. And you can scroll to the bottom there and you can actually donate. So 100% of all donations that come through are passed on to our partners here in the U.S. and abroad. These are nonprofit groups that are focused on methods of prevention or rescue or restoration. So you're helping to make an impact when you donate through the site. All right, that's it. Have an amazing Thursday, Friday, and weekend. I'll catch you next week. Play that game. Practice a little bit. Catch those filler words. And for those of you that are going to try preparing a little bit before work, if you're used to not preparing, I do want to hear how that goes. Keep me posted. All right, guys. That's it. Adios. Adios.